Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am really delighted that you're joining me here in my kitchen in the Chicago suburbs today. We have a wonderful guest and truly a culinary star, not only in Chicago, but around the world. I mean, it's just such an honor and delight to, to have a kitchen chat today with Chef Carrie Nahabedian uh, of great fame with Naha Restaurant and the new restaurant for Deal. She is an award-winning chef. Oh, goodness. She, um, James Beard, award winner, uh, in addition to uh, her restaurant, Naha has a Michelin star. And all these wonderful recent nominations we're going to talk about. But first of all, let's welcome Chef Carrie into the kitchen at Kitchen Chat. Welcome, Chef Carrie. Thank you, Margaret. That that was such a nice opening. Thank you very much. Oh. Happy, happy to be with you today. Oh, I'm just so thrilled, and I'm so sorry I missed the wonderful Chicago Gourmet event at Naha with Chef Sandy D'Amato, who was on Kitchen Chat a few weeks ago. What a special celebration that must have been. Well, uh, Sanford is a, is a longtime friend, so it was an added pleasure to have him at Naha with his wife Angie for the uh, book signing of his new cookbook um, Good Stock and it was uh, we cooked from the from his book with my own you know I added my own little interpretations and it was a great evening Oh, how fun. And yes, and, and listeners, I will be actually um, doing a giveaway of Chef Sanford D'Amato's Good Stock book in the next few weeks, so please keep checking the Facebook Kitchen Chat page for that. Meanwhile, it, it is so interesting. You both seem to, you and, and Chef Sanford, really have a great admiration for Julia Child, and he shared just a delightful story about um, his uh, meeting Julia Child and cooking for her. Did you ever have a chance, Chef Carey, to actually meet Julia Child? I met Julia. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Julia many times. Oh. And uh, uh, the, actually, the first time I met her, she uh, dined at Le Francais in Wheeling with uh, Chef Jean Balchet. Yeah. And we um, we cooked for her, and she came in the kitchen, and she greeted and shook every person's hand. And uh, I have a beautiful sign menu of that. And so that has been, oh, God, uh, that has been over 30 years ago, um, the first time I met her. And then uh, I cooked. I was, uh, I was uh, invited to cook at her 80th birthday. Um, in Los Angeles, they had a uh, special event. There were chefs from all over the world, and 
I was the only woman, and it became a big controversy because <laughs> Julia was a woman, and how did they only have one chef? And um, she was very appreciative. And then over the years, when I worked at the Four Seasons Santa Barbara, uh, Julia and her, uh, her husband, Paul, they lived across the street at the time from the from the Biltmore, from the Four Seasons. And um, and then, of course, her husband passed away, and she continued to live on in Santa Barbara. So she would come into the hotel and uh, have a light lunch or have uh, uh, coffee or drinks or something, and always a pleasure, always. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'd like to share just one little story about her is that uh, – she obviously uh, everyone knows that she was in uh, Boston and Cambridge, and um, uh, when when they finally settled in the United States. And my mother is from Massachusetts, is from Worcester, and her sisters lived in uh, Belmont, Massachusetts, which is the town right next to uh, where Julia was living, and. One of my aunts is an exceptional cook, and uh, she used to see Julia at uh, at this one little small market that, and that they would shop at, and a beautiful little market. And I told Julia when I saw her one day, I said that my aunt that you've met a number of times at the at the market, she is seriously ill with brain cancer and unfortunately you know she's no longer can cook she you know she's in in uh, the disease is going to take its course and julia said let me have her address and she wrote her uh, a number of times wrote her beautiful letters mm-hmm. and julia always wrote on stationery that said from the kitchen of julia child and wow. that really perked up my aunt to say, think that someone as big as Julia Child took the time to handwrite a note and say, "Oh, you know, it's so nice. You know, I'm sorry to hear of your illness." And that's that's why Julia Child is Julia Child because yes. she crossed all barriers and reached out and to men and women across the across the world, but especially here in the United States. Oh, and thank you for sharing that beautiful story. What a treasure. I, what And what a treasured friendship that you and Julia Child have and share both being women in white as, as female chefs, just truly paving the road. And I understand you became the first woman to work at Chicago's Le Francais as a chef with Chef Jean Bonchet. And congratulations. I understand um, that you are a nominee. It was just recently announced for um, the Jean Bonchet Awards for Culinary Excellence as Chef of the Year. This is just so exciting with more accolades to add. Oh, well, that was one of my greatest um pleasures, greatest experiences of my career is working with Chef Bonchet at, uh, and, and his wife Doris at their legendary Le Francais in Wheeling. And uh, I won the uh, Bonchet Award for Excellence 13 years ago um, 
for uh, when I moved to when I moved back to Chicago with Naha, and it was a big honor then because, of course, my working uh, relationship and friendship with with the Bonchets, and even more so now because of his 17-year involvement with helping cystic fibrosis uh, raise awareness and much-needed funds to um, help individuals with this uh, dreaded disorder, this disease. And uh, the relationship has uh, really been a, a tremendous one for Chicago because it honors Chicagoans for their culinary excellence. And it's all about Chicago because Blanchet was, he was a transplanted Chicagoan from France. And, oh. and he loves Chicago. Oh, and and how poignant to Chef Carey that this is the year you're nominated uh, again, once again, as Chef of the Year. And you are truly opening your French culinary roots with your new restaurant, Brindille. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, you know, we, we, we're very happy. Uh, we never correct anyone. It is... It is difficult. We have Brindle, we have Brandy. The correct, the correct, it's, it's Brandy, which Brandy. is French. Uh, it means branch with branch or twig with the new growth. So, in the springtime, when you see the little the the little new growth on the little branches, uh, that's the Brandy. Oh, and my, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin Michael Nahabedian, who. I own Naha and uh, our new restaurant was, he came up with the name and uh, we all immediately, when he just typed it out and sent it on a text and he said, what do you think of this name? And it was, it was perfect. And um, it's a, a very small jewel of a restaurant, uh, very much reminiscent of an upmarket neighborhood restaurant in Paris or London that you might find. And, uh, Designed by, um, designed by Tom Nahabedian, Michael's brother, and, and my cousin from his architectural firm, and uh, it just captures everything comfortable, luxurious about uh, a refined Parisian restaurant. And it's um, the, the paintings and the artwork by Laura Fosberg. It's meant to evoke your childhood, like when you would go into the woods and running around and lay on the ground and daydream looking up through the branches. And uh, we're very, we're very proud of the, uh, the work, the culinary work, obviously. And uh, we're very happy to be part of the community. Once again, we're only six months old. Wow, well, bienvenue, as they say in France. Welcome. And this is so exciting, too, um, on so many levels. One, first of all, uh, the restaurant Brondi is also a nominee for Best Restaurant Design. So that's just a great testament as well. And also Restaurant of the Year. So this is very exciting. Oh, what a celebration. We are very... uh, Happy. I helped do the announcements of the nominees with uh, Michael Muser, who's the general manager partner at Grace, which is Curtis Duffy's restaurant, which is also up for a number of awards, and then Catherine Diorio from 
check, please. And I'm, I'm reading the nominees, and I'm like, oh, my God. And so <laughs> a- Allie, Allie Ratcliffe, who's our chef de cuisine at Brondi, she's up for uh, an award. And Brondi and our pastry chef, Craig Harchevsky, is up for pastry chef. So um, it's going to be a... You know, it is always just nice to be recognized by your peers. So yeah. winner is a great, great honor, and especially wonderful because of our uh, relationship with Bonche and Doris. His wife just ate at at Brandy a, a month or two ago, and and Chef was just at Naha about a, a month and a half ago. So oh. everyone really knows. Um, knows his face and his personality. Oh, that is just so special and just full circle. It's just it's just really very exciting. I can't wait to follow uh, the Jean Bachet Awards, but oh, this is great. And also, I just, I, my compliments to all of the chefs as well. I mean, this is so exciting that the proceeds go to Cystic Fibrosis, and I'm going to leave a link, friends, on the internet um, website as well uh, if you are interested in getting tickets for this big celebration, the Jean Bochet Awards, and you're also supporting a great cause to find a cure for cystic fibrosis. And I, I just think it's great with, with chefs having a heart for charity and making a difference. So thank you for being a part of that as Thank well. You. And also um, mentioning, and we'll get to the food first, we just have to, to go through all of your interesting awards. I mean, this is the award season. Um, and congratulations, Chef Carey, for being only the third chef ever to represent the Bears at the upcoming Taste of the NFL and its 19-year history. And that is so exciting. That's going to be, I understand, February 4th first of next year in Brooklyn uh, before the Super Bowl and once again a great charitable uh, gathering where chefs come together and and uh, the proceeds go to food banks and and to help um, end hunger here here in America but uh, how excited how did this come about becoming an NFL bears at the taste of the NFL well you know um, our good friends uh uh, Susan, Susan and Drew Goss uh, were the second chef. Rick Bayless started it for one year, and Drew and Susan did it for, I believe, like 17 years. Uh-huh. And I think this is actually, uh, I think was, uh, this could be, this is, I believe, the 22nd year. Wow. I think so. Uh, I think Dallas was 20 years, 21 uh I think this is 22 years. And um, so Susan called me up one day and said, you know, I'm going to send you an email about this event. And I said, okay. And I initially looked at it, and I saw 3,000 people and (laughs) cook at the Super Bowl and, you know, the NFL. And I initially said, oh, I don't think it's something that I could handle. I don't think we could do this. And she picked up the phone and called me and said, you and Michael are the biggest sports fans, and the the you know when when I when Drew and I decided that we all right we've done it and we've raised awareness and funds, we thought only of you and the NFL thought of you and I really think you have to do this. I went I took a longer look at it and said, oh I 
completely understand now. I mean, I shouldn't get so nervous about 3,000 people. <laughs> and uh, so our first year was in Miami, and uh, it was certainly an adventure, and uh, it was a great relationship because uh, Wayne Kozlowski and his team, it, you know, he Wayne won the Humanitarian of the Year Award from the James Beard Foundation a couple of years ago for his tireless efforts to, as we say in the restaurant industry, 86 hunger across America. And 86 is the term in kitchens of when something's gone. When, when you're, you're 86, something is no longer there. And what people don't understand is that how could, all, how could these huge metropolis cities with, uh, you know, NFL teams, how could they have so much hunger, right, in Chicago, New York, Miami, Dallas, you know, San Francisco, the list goes on. And now more than ever, the need is there. And we uh, raise funds for the Greater Chicago Food Depository. And and then the Greater Chicago Food Depository feeds all the food banks of northern Illinois and the surrounding areas. And um, so we we help them raising funds through the event, but also at Naha. And from the start of the football season to the weekend of Super Bowl, um, our guests uh, contribute $1 for every uh, check. And uh, so, so far, and then we have a contest. We have a contest between all the NFL teams and, you know, a lot of the NFL um, sports teams um, sponsor the restaurants and write ten, twenty thousand dollar checks and to this Kick Hunger Challenge. So this is in addition to the actual event. The event, all the funds raised, less the expenses, of course. You know, because undertaking every year. I mean, it's a year long event to get it started, especially this year in in New York and Brooklyn, and then it gets distributed. Uh, the host city gets X amount, and then it's distributed amongst all the other teams. So it's a very large chunk of money that our Greater Chicago Food Depository. My, my efforts with the Chicago Bears to help them, ha- have them help us have, have been unsuccessful, but luckily our clients and our employees and our friends uh, contribute and every year we have a contest called uh, the Kick Hunger Challenge and you could go see it on the website kickhungerchallenge.org and you can donate and it says every football team and it says where you're at financially. So thus far since the start of super since the start of the season, which we're 11 weeks into the season, uh, Naha has raised uh, just under four thousand dollars just by customers in the restaurant. That is wonderful. Congratulations. And I love this. KickHungerChallenge.org. And and listeners, I'm going to leave a link to that as well because uh, Let's 86 Hunger. I love that. And and people don't understand that $1 feeds 10 people. And obviously, that you can't go to the grocery store and buy food for $1 for 10 people, but along with all the 
subsidies and, and donations that they get, $1 to the Greater Chicago Food Depository feeds 10 people. So that's why we came up with the $1, because it's just so poignant that $1, something that we barely think about in our wallet, can help 10 people. Yes, I I agree. Friends, let's 86 Hunger, and I'm going to put a link to this great website. And, and Bears fans, let's make the Bears rock and have the most votes and, and <laughs> funds raised. Oh, this is just so exciting to hear about the Chef Kerry. And and I, I do want to get to a couple of questions from our listeners. No oh, good. Thank you. Um, um, goodness, let's see. James wrote in and asked, how and what inspires you to create? Because that must be a challenge. I can't imagine, because your menu for two restaurants now um, change how often, and, and how are you inspired to to create a dish? You know, I'm often asked this, and no one more so than by my mother, who said, <laughs> what? What? I see you, and I don't understand how, what inspires you? And I have to say, first off, that this is what I love to do. And I love to cook. I've never thought of of, of it as work ever. You know, that famous saying, you know, if, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, so to speak. And I have to say what inspires me is the fact that um, I, love what I, I love what I do. I love food. And it's the seasons. It's the bounty of what's available it's my experiences, but most importantly, I look at it as if I was dining in my restaurants, what would I like to eat? So when people ask me, I don't know what to eat, Carrie, I love that because I know that I have touched them for every dish on every level, that when they can't make a decision, that's the highest compliment for me <laughs> is that... They're looking at it saying, you know, I only cook what I personally would like to eat. So I don't necessarily force my beliefs on everyone. I, I, uh, I inspire and create based on nature, on the environment, on my experiences. But I love uh, food that's textured, that has intense flavor. I don't like boring food. I don't like that you eat a bite and you eat three bites and then you're just kind of like lackadaisical about it, like you could give or give or take it. I like that every bite has a new dimension and uh, thrills the eye. And it's great that food always looks wonderful, but it's about how it tastes. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how great something looks, if, it's, if the taste isn't there, you, you haven't completed what you set out to do. Yes, and speaking of taste, how does what types of Armenian flavors do you bring to the table? I, I'd read that you, um, you know, definitely share that um, the, the wonderful, flavorful culture from Armenia in, in your dishes. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, you know, uh, I'm Armenian, 100%. Michael is half Armenian, half Greek. He, he ah. and, and his, his father and my father are brothers. Oh. And we brought a little bit of a Middle Eastern influence um, into our bar and lounge menu at Naha, as well as 
uh, you know, Naha's America was Mediterranean inspiration. And it's my idea of Mediterranean, not the usual France, Italy, Spain. We go all the way across into the Middle East, across North Africa, and uh, we bring those flavors. So we have a, a stunning mezza. Um, we have um, small little influences here and there on the menu. We are by no means, much to the dismay of the Armenian community, we are in no means an Armenian restaurant. So you're not going to come in and have shish kebab and and uh, rice pilaf and, uh, you know, grape leaves and things like that. But those dishes that you love, those flavors, we bring that in through spices, through... Um, very authentic interpretations of a classical dish that we put our own spin on. And last year we had the pleasure of, of doing a promotion at the Four Seasons Hotel in Istanbul, and I um, was able to bring uh, my pastry chef, Craig, with us, and I said to him when we got there, I said, I want you see this baker, um, Oman, I want you to be glued to him because everything that I've always talked to you about and tried to teach you and, and show you and through my grandmother and, and you know, my own interpretation, he's going to, you're going to see firsthand. And after like two days, Craig was like, okay, I got this under control. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so now we make Latmajun, which is the open faced, uh, lamb Armenian pizzas, and we make our own pita. He makes my, uh, our grandmother, Michael's and our, our, our grandmother's well-known pagach bread, which is like puff dough, but obviously without, uh, with, with much more butter and, and egg, and it's just so stunning. And so we, we bring those elements to the table, and then we support Armenian Small army, uh, small artisan uh, Armenian purveyors across the United States, like Sylvia Terlekian of Harvest Song, with her beautiful jams and preserves, and we get our Bostrma from Ohanians in Fresno, which is like you know the, the, the epitome of how cured beef is made. There's some things that I just can't make, obviously, in my kitchen, right. but Bostrma is one of the few things that we actually buy. And uh, so it's nice to be able to offer that to the community. Oh, that is neat. And I noticed on the, the menu, and I was so curious, what are Armenian preserved walnuts? Again, this is Sylvia. Sylvia Terlekian is a woman out of New York. Her, her, uh, her company is called Harvest Song. And she's one of many Armenians who live in the United States that have uh, helped Armenia come out of the uh, rebirth from the from the Soviet Union into yeah. a prospering nation. And Armenia is I, I visited a number of years ago with my family, and Armenia is a very diverse country, landlocked, obviously, and uh, mountainous, but they have incredible fruit and incredible nuts and a great bounty of what I call a, a Western Turkish food because there's Eastern Russian food in Armenia as well. And one of the things that Sylvia uh, found was that if you 
take fresh walnuts off the tree when they're immature. Uh, and then she has a process. So obviously she learned this in Armenia. And that actually, that walnut, people think it's the shells removed, but when the walnut is immature and at a certain age, uh, that the the shell is edible. And she makes a, she preserves them in this very delicious syrup. And the first time I saw them, I received them as a gift. And the person said to me, I bought these because they were Armenian and I thought of you. And she said, I bought a jar for myself, but it's not really my thing. I don't know what to do with them. So I studied them and I said, oh, I know exactly what to do. You asked for inspiration. There it is. Sometimes inspiration comes from an unlikely source. And Hmm. I brought them into the kitchen and I said, you know what? We're going to do the foie gras with an accent of these. And Hmm. then that led to, okay, maybe we'll put it with the cheese course because we we use we make our own jams of course but we also supplement our jams with I love I love the idea of something from Armenia that I didn't necessarily touch that I'm supporting our heritage yes. and these preserved walnuts that and her tea rose petal preserves those are something that are unique only to her and hmm. that she's created with Obviously, hundreds of artisans, mostly women, in in the Ararat Valley in Armenia. Oh, so, if you see great. them, it's you know. So we do them on occasion. Right now, we have them on with the foie, with our foie gras, and then we also do them with our squab. And you know, they're just a really nice accent piece. Yes, and I never knew you could eat the shells. That is amazing. Well, <laughs> it is amazing because. I don't, you know, I've been been invited many times to go to Armenia for the harvest, and I've never actually been, one day I'll make it there. And she said, I'll show you the process if you come to Armenia. So Uh there there must be some way. (laughs) But when you slice them, you can see the whole outline, the hull, the shell, the, the nut meat, and they're just beautiful. Oh, and a beautiful addition to your wonderful menu at Naha, and and happy 13-year anniversary, a big celebration. Margaret, thank you so much. Oh, this has just been wonderful, Chef Carrie. Thank you, thank you for being on Kitchen Chat. Listeners, we're going to put all these great links to Naha and Brundia and and the 86 Hunger. Uh, and, and thank you. This has just been such an inspiration, Chef Carey. And thank you. For I, it's being my on pleasure. Chat. And thank you for allowing me to talk about the taste of the NFL um, and fundraising because chefs all over the world were always asked to help charities raise money and we do that because this is something that as chefs this comes naturally to us we feed the soul we feed a person's being and some people eat and some people dine but what we create hopefully is uh is a memory yes And, and from that i thank you for allowing me to be on the show i really appreciate it Oh, thank you so much, Chef Carrie. And and you have just truly 
inspired me, and, and I just so appreciate that. And, and listeners, I will put all the links, and during this busy time of year, please, friends, take a moment and sit down and savor the day. Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pearl Girls Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you. So join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.